0: Let us pray. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Genesis 32.28 Dear God, as I reflect on my life, thank you, Lord, for the gift of reconciliation and forgiveness. Thank you that even in my wrongdoings, you produce grace moments for me. Like Jacob in Genesis 32 and 33, I choose to believe the words of your angels that declare that here is the Lord's place. I declare that my life is the Lord's place. I declare that my business is the Lord's place and that my relationships are in the Lord's place. Therefore, I will not be afraid of seasons when I feel I am wrestling for a new identity, a new blessing and a new beginning. I confess that I will hold on to you, God, until I receive my newness, and I will not let go even after you bless me. You are my waymaker, and you are the God that makes old things new. Thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of dysfunction, you still allow your glory to settle my differences and bring restoration to my life. Thank you for a new name of victory and a new purpose for my life, filled with all your many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com
1: Grand Canyon University you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are, and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
2: .com
4: You are Israel Before this story we learned of Jacob fleeing the service of Laban. He packed his family and traveled back to Canaan. However, Laban would not let Jacob go. Jacob and Laban bore their souls before one another, sharing the anger that rested in both their hearts. Eventually, the two made peace and Laban sent Jacob on his way. Now we will learn about Jacob entering into his homeland once again, although he feared the wrath of his brother Esau. Wrestling with God, Jacob will cling to the blessings of God and get his name changed, inspired by the book of Genesis.
3: Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. Previously, we heard the story of how Jacob fled from Laban, a man who had wronged and deceived Jacob for many years. In the end, the two men made peace, and Laban let Jacob go to Canaan, the land of Jacob's father, the land of promise. And Jacob took with him his wealth and a large family. Today, we'll see how Jacob enters his former homeland— and seeks reconciliation with his brother Esau. If you remember their story, it was Jacob who was the cheater and trickster in that relationship. And when he fled more than 20 years before, Esau was filled with rage and murderous intent. As you listen to this passage of Scripture, imagine the fear with which Jacob stepped into this dangerous territory to face his brother Esau. Before he encounters Esau, he's going to face another man. But this is not just any man, and he isn't a stranger, as Jacob will discover. It is an encounter Jacob must have before he faces Esau, and it will be a life-changing turning point in his life and future. So pay close attention as Jacob and Esau finally face each other again. Will there be bitterness and bloodshed or renewal and reconciliation? Let's listen to God's word and find out.
4: A familiar breeze blew through the valley below Jacob. The sweet summer air caressed the plains, causing the grass to dance. Jacob smiled and turned his face towards the sun. He was home again. Still, a few miles away from Canaan, he then turned towards the hill he had set camp on. Angels of the Lord had met him there. Already, Jacob knew that something holy and peculiar was taking place. This is God's camp, Jacob acknowledged. The last time Jacob was there, he had run away in fear of his brother Esau. Esau had vowed to kill Jacob, so he left in hope that his brother's anger would subside. Jacob sent messengers to go before him, saying, I have sojourned with our uncle Laban and have been there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, servants that I wish to share with you. I say all these things to find favor in your sight. Jacob's servants had sent Esau the message and waited on the outskirts of his land to see what his response would be. Around the corner of the canyons, the messengers saw Esau coming out to meet with Jacob. Only behind him was four hundred armed men. A great fear fell upon Jacob. He remembered how wild of a man Esau was, filled with power and tact. Jacob did not have the strength, nor the men, to defend himself. Jacob prepared for the worst. He divided his camp into two parties and sent them on opposite ends of one another. If Esau came to destroy one of the camps, the other would be spared. Jacob trembled before God. Fear was overcoming him, and he looked to heaven and said, God of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, you have told me to return. You desired for me to be here so that you might bless me. I am not worthy of your kindness or your provision. Jacob, for perhaps the first time in his life, felt the full weight of God's love for him. You have shown me steadfast love and faithfulness, I began with nothing to my name except a staff, and now I have two camps that rely on me. Tears hit Jacob's trembling hands. Please, deliver me from the revenge of my brother. I fear him, and I fear for all the people here under my care. But you promised to bless me and to expand my offspring. I will trust you. Jacob lingered there for the night. He sent out droves of gifts of cattle, goats, and other livestock before him to gain favor with Esau. Yet there was no predicting how Esau would receive his gifts, for he pursued Jacob with four hundred men behind him. That same night, Jacob arose with his wives and eleven children and sent them across the stream of Jabbok. He sent them away to be safe with everything else he had in his possession." Jacob was left alone, until a man sprang up from behind him. Struggling in the mud and gravel, Jacob wrestled with this man in the dead of night. Sweat and blood dripping from his body, Jacob fought for his life under the weight of this unknown stranger. The night drew on, and the sun was beginning to rear its head between the hills. Jacob, while endeavoring with this man, became increasingly more aware of his divine nature. His wrestling match was not an assault. But an invitation This is God's camp Echoed in his memory Jacob, the once timid tent dweller Found himself grappling on the ground With God himself Dawn peeked through the trees The man saw that he would not prevail Against Jacob He touched his hip socket And jammed his hip out of its joint Ah! Jacob screamed And released his legs from around the man Yet he clung to him with his arms Refusing to let go Let me go, for the day is broken, the man said. Jacob, who had spent his entire life making his own luck, was face to face with the end of himself. He had deceived his brother into selling his birthright, he had tricked his father into blessing him, and he had swindled Laban into making him richer. Yet now Jacob was faced with God himself, and had no means to trick his way into victory. Jacob's eyes closed tightly, and he flexed his arms firmly to the legs of this man and said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. A slight smile came across the man's face. What is your name, he asked. Jacob, he shouted in pain. You shall no longer be called Jacob, he said, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God and with men and prevailed. Please... Tell me your name, Jacob asked. Now a full smile filled his face. Why is it that you ask my name, he said, and he blessed him. So Jacob called that place Peniel, saying, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been spared. The sun's rays reflected off of the stream beside Jacob, and the warmth of the day began to dry the blood and sweat off his body. Limping back to his camp, Jacob felt ready for whatever would come next. With the sun behind him, Jacob gazed upon the fields below. He could see Esau and his 400 men creeping closer and closer. Still filled with an exhausted euphoria, Jacob hobbled towards his brother with his family traveling behind him. As the two drew nearer, Esau began running towards Jacob. He ran with fervor and power. The years had not taken away Esau's strength. Before Esau could catch Jacob, he fell to his knees and bowed before him. As a bear would, Esau wrapped Jacob up in his arms and embraced him. He kissed his neck and wept at the sight of his twin brother. The years had wiped his bitterness away, and all that remained was the affection of two twin brothers united after decades apart. Esau lifted his eyes past his brother towards Jacob's family. Who are these with you? Esau said. Jacob then introduced his family to Esau, and they embraced his kindred spirits. Why have you sent so many gifts? Esau asked. To earn your forgiveness, brother. Please, take them. Esau refused them at first, but Jacob insisted. Jacob knew that he had truly wronged his brother and felt the depths of what he had done. The two of them embraced again, and Esau forgave Jacob. Esau departed that same day, and Jacob settled in a place near Shechem and built an altar to God called El Elohe Israel, meaning the God of Israel. And Jacob built a new life for him and his family, a life of flourishing and love. Though sorrow would not remain a stranger to Jacob, God's love was present.
3: After years of self-imposed exile, Jacob is finally going home. He's now a wealthy man and much older, and he has a large family. It seems that God's plan to make a great nation from his family is beginning to take shape. However, there are matters to be dealt with first, and Jacob is not expecting to return home to a hero's welcome. Will his brother Esau's anger remain, or even worse, could it have grown stronger and more bitter? Jacob had run in fear from his problems. That's what he always did, run, because he was filled with selfish ambitions and deceptive in all his ways. We've been there, haven't we? We know when we have disobeyed God, messed up, and then there comes the time of consequences the fact that we can't hide our sin any longer and it comes time to face the music. God wants to remind Jacob that even in this moment, he is not alone. So he sends angels to meet him on the outskirts of Canaan. Jacob sends messengers ahead to let Esau know that he's returned and that he is ready to share his accumulated wealth. Can you imagine the fear Jacob must have been feeling? Just waiting to see how Esau would react. But notice that this time, rather than resorting to scheming and cleverness, Jacob goes to God in prayer. He turns the problem over to God. Jacob acknowledges God's presence and how unworthy he was of the faithfulness and the blessing of the Almighty. Then he made his honest petition, openly telling God of all his fears and reminding God of his promise to bless the nations through him. So now we're seeing a much more mature and reverent Jacob than we've seen before. He's now truly humbled. And knowing how much he owes Esau for his treachery, Jacob sends three lead parties ahead, filled with gifts of livestock to meet Esau. What he does next is yet another sign of Jacob embracing the mantle of leadership and role of protector of his family. He guides him across the river and then returns alone to camp. It's only him now exposed and vulnerable that very night there is a battle but not with his estranged brother the lord himself wrestles with jacob jacob stubbornly refused to quit or to give up even after god touched his hip and threw it out of socket jacob would not relent or let go of his opponent this is one of the most fascinating scenes in all the bible He doesn't recognize this stranger he is wrestling with as God, but he knows there's something very special about him. In the Gospel of Luke, we find a story of the risen Christ walking on the road to Emmaus. His traveling companions did not recognize him for who he was, the risen Christ, but their hearts were strangely warmed. They knew something was different. Was Jacob's heart also warmed? Jacob agrees to only release his opponent if the man will bless him. He cries out for the blessing of God. But before God gives him the blessing, he gives him a new name. And this new name has great significance. Jacob, the cheater, will now be called Israel, the prince of God, because he wrestled with God and did not quit. Jacob leaves that encounter with a brand new name, but also a limp as a reminder of that night forever. When we truly encounter God, it will change us in ways that we cannot understand or even possibly sometimes imagine, and it will bless us in ways we cannot foresee. That very day, Jacob finally meets Esau and reconciliation occurs. The Lord God had gone before Jacob, now Israel. It was not the shower of gifts that softened Esau's heart, but God's grace. Jacob is now humble and repentant making no excuses for his actions. Esau, for his part, makes no attempt to take advantage of his upper hand. There's no more need for hate, no more need for running, no more need for separation. Now there is peace. The two brothers embrace, and Esau forgives Jacob. As Esau departs, Jacob, Israel, builds an altar to remember God's faithfulness. The altar is called the God of Israel, for that is who God is. Dear God of Israel and of all nations, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for being the God who wrestles with his children and blesses them. Just as you bless Jacob for clinging to you, may you bless us as we turn to you, trust you, and never let go. Thank you for this beautiful story of unification between brothers, and the hope that shines through into our broken relationships. Help us to trust you to go before us in our relationships, just as you did for Jacob and Esau. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love. By sharing this podcast, you can make a difference in someone's life. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for successful Christian living, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless.
0: This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.
1: Welcome to the Prey News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we will unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Prey News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.